HVAC 360, episode number 51, Onset Computer Corporation. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. This week, we're going to be talking with uh, uh, Matt Rivers of Onset Computer Corporation. Uh, this is the last of my AHR Expo uh, 2012 uh, in Chicago. And I'm talking to Matt. And, you know, Onset Computer Corporation, if you don't know them, that you pretty much run into Onset uh, because of their data loggers. Uh, they have the, uh, the Hobo, the Hoboware, um, a lot of uh, different... Uh, uh, different types of data loggers that are available. Uh, if you haven't seen what they have available, I, I you know, go see, uh, check them out, uh, take a look. It really is just about anything that you could want. And they have a great resource section. So in addition to this podcast and talking with Matt a little bit, uh, go over there, jump over there, and uh, take a look at their uh, offerings. So uh, let's cut to the tape, and we'll talk to Matt Rivers. Here we go. All right, we're here on the floor of the AHR Expo 2012 in Chicago. I'm sitting here talking with Matt Rivers of Onset Computer Corporation. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for asking me to uh, have a conversation with you about our loggers. Not a problem. Hey, so tell me, uh, Onset, what, what are some of the new things that you have coming out this well, year? Some of the new things that actually are rolling out at AHR this year, we've uh, finally developed a lighting and occupancy logger uh, that's going to allow you to get both lighting and occupancy at the same time uh, within a facility. That's one of our newest products. And also uh, some upgrades to our state data loggers, uh, specifically for motor on-off applications and or runtime or even tracking state changes on a piece of equipment uh, machinery. Um, what makes it uh, unique is uh, the fact that it's going to uh, be able to do multiple things with one logger, especially for lighting on off. Um, when you're logging lighting and not knowing what the occupancy of a room is, uh, it's hard to make that correlation of how those lights operate uh, versus people being in the room. Now, just for you know, my information, so when you, talk, when you talk about occupancy and yep. lighting, you're talking about both the 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 light sensor, um, just how, how bright it is, what the what the lux are coming into the sensor, and you're talking about uh, motion sensor, right? Is that, Spe- is that- specifically, it's it's really tracking the on-off applications. Uh, in other words, uh, say you have a room that has a wall occupancy sensor now, and you walk in that room and those lights come on. Uh, we're tracking when those lights come on, and also the occupancy within that room. So I use a wall switch as an as an example, uh, specifically saying, okay, you know, you walked into a conference room and this wall occupancy sensor has a 10-minute delay set up in it. Somebody walks in that conference room, takes something off of the, the table, leaves the room. Well, that room is unoccupied now, but the lights are still on. So it's going to help you with those setback strategies on those occupancy sensors or understanding the usage in that room. Do we need an occupancy sensor? Are these lights on all the time? So you're going to be able to track that time that they're on from when they turn on to when they shut off. You're going to have that correlation of data of runtime. So, is, I mean, how, how is this different from previous generations? Was it just a, 
Well, it has to right now with the lighting sensor specifically on this data logger has an auto calibration feature now. So before we had a little uh, analog dial that you would turn to uh, to set the uh, lumen footage or the sensitivity of the sensor. Uh, what we found in the past that it worked well, however, uh, sometimes it could be a little flawed when it came to uh, setting the calibration to it. So we have an auto calibration now with a logger where you actually go into the room and you hold down the button and it auto calibrates to whatever that light level is. So now you know when the lights are on and off, they're reading to that lumen output in that room. Okay, and, and the occupancy sensor, was, was, I, was I right with the, uh, uh, the uh, motion sensor? It's a, it's a motion sensor basically that's going to pick up the movement in that room. So that's what's going to okay. capture. Now, and these devices that, that you have, um, it's pretty much just kind of like hanging on the wall and, and be done and collect the, uh, the uh, information from there. Yeah, basically what's nice about it, it also has onboard magnets now that are a lot stronger. So you can actually put this stuck to the acoustical ceiling grid of, a, of an office. You can put it on a wall depending on where you want to aim it. Um, and it's going to have a 12-meter sensor or a 5-meter sensor. So in other words, 5-meter sensor, say, for a small room application or a small area, uh, where it's going to make a 5-meter radius to pick up any type of occupancy, and a 12-meter being a larger radius for, an, for a larger room, larger area. Okay, so the... Yeah, two different types, yeah. Two different sizes, essentially. Yep. Yep. Now, uh, so, uh, um, but this is this is pretty much a standalone. There's not going to be additional inputs that you can hook up to it? No. Not with this logger itself. It's a standalone data logger where everything is going to be saved to an onboard memory, and you're going to set up and deploy the logger using Hoboware, which is our software platform, and that's where you're going to offload the data to. Now, you can work with the graphic and analysis tools within Hoboware, or you can just simply take that data in its raw format and send it out to Excel. So what, what, other, what other things are, are relatively new that, that you're, you're showing off? I mean, as far as, what about in the, uh, the, the vein of energy management? Uh, well, we also have, with our energy management side, uh, in May we came out with a new uh, logger and sensor combination. Uh, it's an E50B2 is the part number, and we co-branded that with Veris Industries. So specifically, this universal power sensor now will give you KWH readings along with power factor. Uh, one of the big things that we had from customers asking us is they want to understand what the power factor, say, of a building was or a piece of equipment as well as just the KWH data. And uh, we made that to work with uh, one of our newer loggers called our UX120 logger. And that logger itself is a four-channel pulse data logger. So specifically what that's doing is that's taking three pulse output signals from the E50B2 power sensor. And those are amp hours, watt hours, and volt amp reactive hours taking that cumulative data from the source that you're logging your data, your energy from and converting that information into usable KWH with an Hobleware. And there's a whole bunch of other different parameters that'll give you, uh, such as amps, watts, um, again, kilowatts, kilowatt hours, um, volts, volts, amps, and power factor. So it's all derived information from that sensor within Hobleware. Now, is that is that something that's 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 on board with with what you buy the, the base unit, or is that something that you have to you have to buy the additional uh, uh, pieces parts to, to plug well, into it? It is a sensor, and uh, with that sensor, it's going to be sold separately to the logger itself. Uh, it is a universal sensor as well. That's something I might want to tell you. Um, basically, that's going to work on any system from 90 to 600 volts AC, and it's going to work on any single or three-phase application, delta or Y configuration. Uh, from 5 amps all the way to 32,000 amps. That's what that sensor will work with. Wow. So specifically with that, what you're going to do is you're going to pick your range of CTs, current transformers, uh, and you're going to put those on the logger itself, connect those to the logger, and you're also going to bring voltage from the source that you want to record from. So with those two readings, that's where you're going to get your kilowatt hours and power factor. 
Oh, excellent. So, and uh, the logger, the UX120, again, being a four pulse channel data logger, it's different from other loggers, uh, specifically because it's all pulse channels. And what makes that a unique logger is, with our traditional loggers, they've always been interval-based. Uh, with this logger, you can do t different types of logging simultaneously with this logger. Uh, specifically, you could have one channel that's de dedicated to interval pulse logging uh, if you have a pulse signal from a sensor. Uh, the one, another channel you could have that as a state channel. In other words, recording state changes on a motor, motor on-off applications, lighting on-off applications, using a simple current switch that will close a, close a set of relays on the current switch when it's energized. Or you could also do event logging. Um, great way to explain events is think about an automatic door uh, where all it's doing is it's counting. You know, the door opened, it opened again. So now you're counting those events. And it can also give you, uh, on the fourth channel, we'll say, you can do runtime, where that's an interval-based uh, logging where it'll give you the percentage of runtime of a motor, we'll say. Uh, it was on 65% of the time during this 15-minute interval. So now you'll be able to get that correlation of runtime and or on-off or even interval-based with one logger. So it gives it a lot more flexibility. Uh, versus our traditional interval-based type loggers. Now, the, I guess the one one thing that uh, that uh, Onset does do is they have a you can you can kind of match your loggers with a uh, sort of like a reporting mechanism where you can you could you could get uh, some sort of uh, uh, you know whether it be uh, uh, through uh, uh, wireless so you can connect it onto a uh, uh, a LAN or whether or not you can uh, do a, like a mobile connection. I mean, is that is that is that now? If I'm, if I'm getting this right, is that a specific set of uh, um, uh, equipment that that is for, or can you kind of mix and match a reporting unit with a, a bunch of different loggers? Well, I think specifically to understand what Onset does, you have to understand the different types of platforms of loggers that we have. Uh, we make three different platforms of loggers. We have our traditional standalone loggers, which basically a standalone logger is going to be set up and deployed uh, using Hoboware and it's going to be manually offloaded, and all of the data that's being collected by that standalone data logger is saved to an onboard memory of the logger. Then we make a wireless system called our ZW series data loggers. Now what makes them different from the standalone is the ZWs are deployed, say, in an area where they create their own mesh network uh, and send its data back and forth wirelessly through either different nodes or directly to a receiver, and that receiver is connected to a PC. On that PC, you have Hoboware. Part of Hoboware is a program called Hobonode Manager, and that's where the receiver is going to live, and that's where your data is going to get collected. So essentially, now your wireless collection is being done on the PC, and your data logger is now your PC. So that's collecting it, again, wirelessly, so there's no more manual offload of data. Then we have our remote data loggers, which are basically called our U30s. Now, what makes them unique from the standalone and the wireless is the fact that now you'll be able to see your data remotely through one of three connections to the logger, either through a Wi-Fi or Ethernet connection to the local area network at the facility that you want to do your logging at, or you can be totally independent of that local area network and connect out to the web uh, through a cellular GSM connection. Now, all that data that's being collected on the U30 uh, is being sent out to Hobolink, which are our web servers. Now, those web servers, Hobolink, uh, can be signed into from any web-enabled computer. So now you can see data remotely from anywhere in the country. Uh, again, with the U30, all the sensors get wired back to that. So you can record up to 15 different channels of data with the U30, or 15 different sensors, I should say. Uh, it also has some alarming capabilities um, where you can actually set threshold alarms 
uh, based on what parameter you are recording. And uh, for instance, it could be temperature within a storage area, and uh, you want to know if that room gets over 70 degrees. You're able to set up an alarming threshold on that sensor where uh, if it does get out of parameter, you can get a text message or email back to as many people as you need to with a simple message that you set up in preferences saying storage room run is over 70 degrees. So now it's alerting somebody to something that could be happening within that area. Um, and to back up a little bit on the wireless stuff, our wireless EWs, again, they have an alarming feature as well. As long as the PC that that wireless uh, sensor, the ZW, is connected to has an internet connection, we can do the same thing with a text message or an email uh, setting up threshold alarms with the ZW uh, wireless system. Now, is, is a ZW, is that, uh, I mean, the type of wireless end devices for the ZW series, mm -hmm. is, is that just kind of, you know, I know I, I've seen a couple of them that are just standard temperature, humidity, you know, just some basic uh, 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 kind of uh, environmental uh, is there, are there more complicated versions of that? Well, you know, it's not so much as complicated. The way you have to look at this is, at the end of the day, it's just a data logger. So what we're doing is re recording uh, different sensors. Uh, with the ZWs, you know, that'll record any analog uh, signal uh, using the proper input a cable, input adapter cable, uh, say from 0 to 10 volts DC or even a 4 to 20 milliamp signal. And it can report, record pulse signals. So if you have a pulse output sensor, uh, that you wanted to use with this, uh, it would record that as well. Now that works predominantly with all of our sensors that we have uh, within within uh, onset. Uh, there are certain sensors that won't work with it. However, we can pretty much cover any kind of environmental uh, temperature, relative humidity, CO2. Um, we can also do differential air pressure with that sensor, air velocity, compressed airflow. Uh, we can do uh, energy readings, whether it's simple AC current uh, readings or even AC voltage readings or DC voltage readings. And again, KW or KWH with that data logger. Um, one of the big things with Onset's products and uh, what we pride ourselves on is the fact that if we don't have a sensor that you want to work with our systems, any one of our loggers, as long as you have an analog output, again, of 0 to 10 volts DC or even 4 to 20 milliamps or even that pulse output, we can figure out a way to collect that data. Now, as, as far as the Wi-Fi goes, mm -hmm. I mean, how is that, you know, I guess you can kind of, you had a particular building in mind, you kind of know, okay, it's it's about this, this is this is where I, you know, what's, what's the distance and the, the scale factor that you could actually get the Wi-Fi network going? That's a, that's a great question, Matt. Basically, with the, with the ZWs, they will be able to see each other about 300 feet line of sight. Now, as we know with radio frequency signals or any type of wireless device, you know what, that doesn't always mean you're going to get a 300-foot connection. It's really going to be based on the area. Uh, sometimes you're going to have a, a smaller connection or a weaker connection through thick concrete walls or where there's a lot of steel, you might have some signals blocked or water. Uh, but the beauty with the ZWs is the fact that they can be totally battery operated where they're sending the data back either through a router first and then hitting the receiver or directly to the receiver. But they also have another component that makes them a dual purpose logger. Specifically, uh, each one of the ZWs will come with a power pack or an AC power adapter. So now when you add power to those data nodes, they become dual purpose use. So not only are they a data node, but they also act as a router. So now you're getting a stronger system within a facility where you're strengthening and lengthening between each data node. And it's creating its own wireless mesh network, we'll say, self-healing at that point, where it's going to find its best path back to that receiver every single time. So, so you don't have to have, you know, 
you can buy a special router, but you don't have to is what you're saying? You, you really don't have to if you don't want to. However, if some customers want to operate the system as a battery-only system, that's where they might buy a router and put that in. Uh, again, each one of the data nodes has that dual purpose as long as you have the AC power to them. Now, how do you, you know, I, I guess, you know, part of me says, you know, how do you guess? You, you can kind of say, I want it here, here, and here. Do you just kind of plan that out and hope it works or, you know, and if it doesn't, then you add another one to kind of supplement a, a bridge? Or Normally, you know, depending on the application, uh, you might want to really think out your, your, you know, design application going out forward. A lot of times what we'll tell customers is to work your way out from the PC and start your data nodes because you're going to make that daisy chain effect going from there. So, you know, start with, with your closest connection point and work from there outwards. Yeah. Now, I guess what if, if somebody wanted more information about Onset and, and what they have to offer, what would be the best way to go about it? Well, you know, one of the big things that you could do, uh, if you didn't want to uh, contact us right away, you could go right to our website, uh, and that's www.onsetcomp.com, and we have so much information on that website, uh, whether whether it's, uh, you know, finding white papers to understand uh, different applications. Uh, we have application stories out there. We have podcasts. We have uh, webinars that we've done in the past. Um, and we have it broken down by three different categories. Again, whether it's energy management, water management, or even field research, uh, you're going to see those on the website. Uh, if you don't want to go that route, um, you could also call 1-800-LOGGERS, and that'll get you right to uh, onset. And uh, we have a uh, staff of sales application uh, people there waiting to help you out. Uh, another great thing about our products is if you did have them and you were having trouble setting them up, we have a technical support team that's there 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, uh, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And again, you just call 1-800-LOGGERS uh, to get to the tech support team. Now, I mean, I, one of the things that I'll, I'll throw out there, um, just as a, as a final thought, you know, the one thing about verifying the accuracy of the sensors, you know, making sure that everything's calibrated. You know, you want to have that that chain of, you know, that you, that you actually the data that you're collecting is is within tolerance, mm -hmm. shall we say? You know, how how does one go about making sure that, you know, everything is 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 really, you know, on par with what it should be? Well, what we do is uh, with all of our sensors and loggers, we do have a specific setup to show you what the accuracies of those are based right on the website, and that would be under the detailed specifications of the logger. So that's uh, where you're going to catch all your you know, accuracies of a sensor, whether it's you know plus minus 0.2 degrees C, depending on what it is, you know, if it's a temperature sensor. Uh, but you're going to be able to get all that accuracy information right off of the website under that product. Now, what about recertification of, of, of uh, accuracy? Uh, it really depends on what you're trying to do. If it's temperature and relative humidity, all of the uh, sensors that are, are built into our loggers for TEMP-RH, you know, they're digital-type sensors where they really don't need recalibration, and, uh, you know, they're going to be accurate based on what we say the specs are of that sensor from that company that we bought them from. So there's really no recalibration that you have to do to them. However, you can test them if you wanted to or send them back to us to test them for accuracy. Uh, we can provide NIST traceable circuit uh, certificates for our temperature and relative humidity sensors, depending on the type that you buy. Um, again, that's NIST traceable. It's not NIST certified. Uh, we would calibrate that against a NIST certified uh, calibration chamber and say to you that it's traceable to these certain points of temperature. 
Okay, excellent. Well, hey, I appreciate your time, Matt. And uh, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to get hold of uh, Onset, uh, you just uh, take a look at the website. We'll uh, we'll post that in the show notes. So. Okay. All right. Thanks for thanks for uh, talking with us, Matt. And we'll uh, see you later. Thank you. All right, and we're back. Hey, thanks once again to Matt Rivers, who took the time out of his busy schedule there at the HR Expo to uh, spend a few minutes with me and tell me uh, the new things that are up with uh, the Onset uh, Computer Corporation, all the data loggers uh, that they have available, some of the new ones they came out with, and some of the uses of, of some of the existing ones, and kind of explain the differences and different capabilities of, of what you can do with each one. Uh, like I mentioned before the interview, you know, Onset really has a great resource there uh, as far as a lot of uh, documentation, additional podcasts, and uh, I'd encourage each and every one of you to uh, uh, go check it out. I've used them in the past, and I've had nothing but success with them. Um, I really, uh, in, in fact, you know, I mean, even even the responsiveness of their sales staff. So, uh, you know, I uh, take a look at them and see what you think. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend. So I, uh, if you have any uh, suggestions for future shows, uh, please let me know. Drop me a line, matt at buildingx.co, or simply uh, follow me on Twitter at buildingx. Or if you want to link in with me on LinkedIn, you can also send me a request there. I'd be more than happy to... Uh, to uh, uh, not friend you, but uh, I guess, you know, it's a connect with you. There, That's the right phrase. So I'm more than happy to connect with you, always looking for new new people to connect with, um, and that would be fantastic. Again, appreciate each, each and every one of you that have been listening to the show. We've been going with 46 episodes strong, and uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, we, we'll keep going, uh, and we're approaching rapidly number 52, which would mark the year anniversary of doing uh, this podcast. So thanks to everybody who's been listening. I appreciate all your support and all your uh, great things you've emailed my way. Uh, If you want, uh, you can sign up for the newsletter. That kind of gives you a little bit of heads up, and that's done at the buildingx.co website. Other than that, I encourage you, as always, to know what you build and share what you know. (laughs) 